test him. It's okay to test him, to test God and all his promises, and you'll find out that you'll know him better, and he will do what he says he's going to do. And we know that from Matthew 5, 5, one of the Beatitudes, we know it very well, the meek will inherit the earth. The only earth worth inheriting is the new earth. The meek, that would be the humble. That would be those that serve others. That would be those that serve God. In Job 19.25, he tells us, I know my Redeemer lives. If you know your Redeemer, you know there's heaven. You know there's a new earth. So the faith of Job, you know, you hear about the patience of Job, but the faith of Job. Now, here's some words of Job as well. The last chapter of Job, that's chapter 42. Job's faith was rewarded. God gave back to him everything he'd lost, in fact, twice as much. I think Job was not worried about Jesus taking care of him, not worried at all. 42, Job 42, 2 and 3, I know, Lord, that you can do all things, and no plan of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is that? Who is this that obscures my counsel without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. Things too wonderful for you to know. Do we really know firsthand all that God is going to give to us? We only know from what we read in the Bible. We only know what we read in the Bible. There's a story in the Gospel of John, and I like this very much. Christ is already resurrected, and he's not with the disciples in a room together. They had it locked up, and they were praying, and they were sharing with one another, I've seen Jesus. Some of his followers were there. I've seen Jesus. But one man, one disciple, was not there. Thomas, he's known as the doubter. When he came in, he told his friends, the rest of the disciples, I don't believe it. And he basically said, seeing is believing. John chapter 20, we find this story. They had been there especially the disciples telling Thomas all about what they knew. And then here's Jesus. He just appears. He didn't walk in the door. He didn't come in through a window. He just there. Everyone there had to know who that was. Thomas still, he says this, and I'm going to take a look at probably verse, let's see, John 20.
verse 24. was a week later, and they were together in the house, and Thomas was with them. And though the, doc, the doors were locked, you know, they didn't want anybody coming in. But that's no problem for Jesus. He just came out of nowhere. He stood among them, and he said, peace be with you. I'll tell you what, if Jesus said that to us, I think we would have peace. And I believe we would believe anything he said like we should. Then he said to Thomas, you still don't believe? Because Thomas had said, I will not believe it unless he shows me where his nail prints are in his hands and in his side. Verse 27 says, he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put them into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. The lesson that Jesus teaches us here, he says, well, Thomas first says, you are the Lord, my God. And verse 29, Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you've believed. You're like so many others. You got to see first. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Eyes have not seen. Eyes have not seen. We haven't heard. Ears have not heard. Neither has entered into the heart of man everything that God has prepared. John 14, 1 to 3. We know that one so, so well. It's the same thing. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Peace be unto you. I'm promising that right now, mansions and homes are being prepared for you, and you will live with me. That's a wonderful promise, John 14, 1 through 3. I love those stories in the Bible. I love them that are in the Bible. John saw a continuation of heaven. And 22, verse 1 of the book of Revelation, it says, the angel showed me, who is John, the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side, of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit for every month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city. And his servants will serve him, and they will see his face. And his name will be on their forehead and there will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. <clears throat> I 
eyes have not seen. But do we believe him? That's the question. Do we believe him? Do we believe all that Jesus tells us? You know we should. We should believe everything. You know, there's a description of heaven that we find in Revelation 21, 18. It's a wonderful description. Talking about the walls of heaven, they'll be made out of jasper and the city itself out of pure gold, as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. Here they are, jasper, sapphire, chalcedony, the emerald, sardonyx, carnelian, chrysolite, beryl, topaz, chrysoprase, and jacinth. And the twelfth is amethyst. Doesn't that, in your mind, sound beautiful? I'm ready to take a picture. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. Cannot wait. And the 12 gates, there are 12 pearls. Each gate is made of a single pearl. Can you imagine a pearl that's a gate? And the great street of the city was made or paved of pure gold. And it was like transparent glass. Eyes not seen. But do we believe? That's the question that we need answered. The New Jerusalem has a meaning. The New Jerusalem that comes down out of heaven to the new earth, it's the real city of peace. You know, Jerusalem today is not a city of peace. There's a lot of hate and turmoil and a lot of stuff going there, which doesn't make God happy. The new Jerusalem is going to be the capital city of the universe. Now you ask, why is that? Why is it the capital city of the universe? Because God dwells there. Jesus is there, our Savior. I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to the fruition of that Bible text in 1 Corinthians 2.9. I can't wait to see all that God has prepared for everybody that loves him. We profess him, and when we profess Jesus, he will profess us to everyone. Everyone in the universe, heaven in the universe. The construction of heaven. I just mentioned a lot of things that heaven is constructed out of. You don't see buildings like that. How much would it cost to actually have an architect put it together and builders build this? It couldn't happen. It won't happen. And you might ask, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? 
I'll tell you what, there's plenty of food on that tree of life. And that tree has an abundance of fruit. And we know that as we eat it, we will live forever and we will never get sick. And is that promise of Revelation 21, no more pain, no more crying, no more death. Eye has not seen, but we ought to believe. We ought to believe everything that Jesus says, not just a little bit of it, everything that he says. You know that plenty of people in telling them about this message for the first time, sadly, they're not going to believe it until they see it. The new earth will be our eternal home. Our eternal home. We will have a home in the new Jerusalem. We will build our own homes out in the country. And they will be real. All of this is real. And the saints will be home at last with God and Jesus. And I think of the words of John. John says to Jesus in his last words in the book of Revelation, even so, come, Lord Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will give us the faith so that we see, we know it's temporary, but what we do not see is eternal. And what we do not see right now is heaven. But God has prepared a wonderful place for all who accept him. And Lord, we cannot wait. And I will say what John said, even so, Lord, come quickly. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.